0: And welcome to another edition of a Two Steps Ahead podcast, Two Steps Ahead podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son and Coming up on the show, we're going to discuss a couple things. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about uh, the art of tipping. Why do we give gratuity and has it gotten out of control so uh, nothing scientific, just some thoughts on why do we tip? And has the expectation for tipping become too much? What I want to start out with is something that I saw, and I don't even know the website. It's uh, wallethub.com, but apparently they did, I don't know if it's a survey or they they did a research, whatever it is you want to call it. They they did something where they decided through the course of research, what are the most sinful cities in America? Now, when I say sinful city, what immediately comes to mind? That's right. Las Vegas, the sin city, right? It has the name in it, the sin city. You go to Las Vegas and you can pretty much do just about anything. You've got gambling, you've got drinking, you've got uh, dancing, and you've probably got a lot of other stuff that goes on that isn't quite above board. And if you've got the money, honey, you can probably get away with pretty much anything. You think about the history of Las Vegas. You've got the mob. You've got lots of... Dead bodies buried out in the desert. I mean, it's gotten to the point where now, was it Lake Mead? The reservoir at Hoover Dam, because of the drought, has lowered so much that they've been finding dead bodies that they assume come from mob days in Las Vegas. So it's got that, that history of uh, gangsters, murder, mayhem. Uh, you got the showgirls. So again, when you think about it, When you say sin city, you think of Las Vegas. Now, there might be other places, but um, we're going to take a look at what are and why these cities are considered the most sinful. Now, before we get to the list, this is what they kind of judged it on, okay? And then I'll give you some of the criteria as well. So anger and hatred. Do you live in an angry and hateful or hate-filled city? How about jealousy? What about excess and vice? Greed. Lust. Vanity. And laziness. So just off the top of my head, two of those with, um, well, maybe four of them. Well, maybe all of them. You think of Las Vegas, but I could think of Los Angeles. Filling uh, a lot of those. Been there, lived there, grew up there, hometown, right? But just exactly what do some of these categories, like what's the parameters within them? Another city, you think of um, New Orleans, right? Mardi Gras. And you've got uh, Bourbon Street. Now, there's a lot more to New Orleans than that. And I think, though, unfortunately, if you take a look at the politics of New Orleans in today's uh, society, I think it's one of the most uh, corrupt cities. You think of Chicago, one of the most crime-filled cities. Um, but does that, are those indicators? Well, first off, let's take a look at something real quick that uh, we talked about before. It's you know, legalizing gambling, right? We had a podcast not too long ago talking about legalized gambling, legalizing drugs, legalizing uh, you know, the online sports betting and things like that, and why do we do it. But uh, you know, gambling addiction, for example, leads to over $100 billion in losses for people. And that was in 2021. You've got identity fraud. You've got scams out there. Identity fraud scams to the tune of 52 billion. Uh, smoking, smoking will uh, basically burn over 300 billion in Uncle Sam's wallet. Not just the people, but you know the government for various reasons. A study was conducted and compared more than 180 U.S. cities. Now, this is the, um, the actual research or the, the study, as it says here, uh, across 38 indicators of vices and illicit behavior. So according to their data set, it ranges from violent crimes per capita to excessive drinking to adult entertainment establishments per capita. So you might live in a smaller town, but your town might be on the list. Because it's per capita. So we've got anger and hatred, jealousy, excess and vice, greed, lust, vanity, and laziness. So when it comes to uh, anger and hatred, you've got things like violent crimes per 1,000 residents, sex offenders per capita, aggravated assault, offenses known to law enforcement, bullying rate, hate crime, hate groups, deaths due to firearms, Mass shootings in the presence of terrorist attacks. So those are the type of things that you would look for under anger and hatred. Under jealousy, there'd be thefts. You can also have identity thefts. I guess people, they're jealous of you. They want to steal your identity. You have fraud. One of my favorites was vanity. Vanity, tanning salons per capita was basically the, uh, the big thing that they went through uh, as far as searching for the most vain Vainful cities and then of course uh, google searches apparently or internet searches for top plastic surgeons so you can see you've got this like gamut of like some really serious stuff going on to tanning salons and uh, plastic surgery you also have you know things such as like obese adults under excesses and vice are you fat uh, i could probably use a few lose a few pounds myself uh, fast food establishments per capita excessive drinking And then, unfortunately, we've got the uh, DUI-related fatalities, uh, smokers, coffee drinkers, uh, share of the population using marijuana, opioid prescriptions, overdose deaths, debt-to-income ratio. So you can see it kind of covers a lot of things. Uh, Under Greed, you have casinos per capita. They also talk about charitable donations. So there's the opposite, right? So you're greedy, trying to get money, but then how... Ungreedy, maybe, are you by giving away some things and donating. Uh, Gambling disorders. Lust. Adult entertainment establishments. Erotic burlesque events per capita. I wonder if that now includes these uh, drag things at the libraries. Um, A lot of internet searches for things like Tinder and adult entertainment are included in that. And then teen birth rates. And then my favorite, laziness. Share of adults not exercising. Average weekly or hours worked per week. The volunteer rate. Time spending watching TV. High school dropouts and disconnected youths. So as we take a look at some of these things, these are the things that we're looking at. Okay? So it goes, like I said, the reason why I want to talk about it, because it does have a few things in here that is quite interesting. Okay? You've got... You've got anger and hatred and it's not just like, oh, you made me mad and therefore I am mad at you, but you've got like violent crimes. You've got addictions. You've got, you know, these vices out there where people will go and actually lose money, you know, casinos, adult entertainment establishments, you know, people losing their money, um, and so anyway, so before we get to the list, okay? Here's a couple things, okay? First off, when we talk about greed and you talk about anger and jealousy and vanity, and some of these things, it's it's actions that they're looking at, right? They're looking at people's actions and behaviors. And where do actions and behaviors start? In the heart with a thought. You know, if you have, we've talked about it before, if you have an evil heart, your thoughts are probably going to be evil. If you have a kind heart, your thoughts are probably going to be kind. So whatever is on your heart is probably what you're dwelling on. Plus, then you throw in things like addiction. You can also throw in things like mental illness. You can throw in things like depression. And it could be a series of things, like maybe you just broke up with somebody and it's the holiday season or near your birthday or some other significant time of year. Maybe you just broke up with somebody or they broke up with you. Maybe they broke up with you and now you're sad and depressed. So you might be going through a difficult period of time. And so then your behavior is showing that. But then there's other people that really have like a lifetime or a long-term Behavior happening, and it is something more deep-rooted in their psyche. So, again, you've got all different kinds of people doing all different kinds of things for various reasons. But it's all behavior. And it's all behavior that really isn't, if you ask people, isn't behavior that is uplifting, isn't good, bringing out the inner greatness, taking our passion, making it happen inspiring and motivating others it's not things that most people would want their children to be subjected to okay it's a lot of this would be happening in secret or in the dark if you've got a a gambling addiction you're probably not telling people about it if you've got an addiction towards adult entertainments uh, establishments maybe you're not telling people probably going by yourself maybe you're struggling with the the economic fallout of stuff like that i mean you think about las vegas right Las Vegas, at one point, their slogan or their saying was what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Come on out to Vegas. What happens here stays here until you go home with maybe a wife. Maybe you go home with economic debt. Maybe you go home with something bad that happened. Maybe you have a hangover. Maybe you have an addiction to something. Maybe you have an STD, whatever. Maybe there was a crime that was committed against you, a violent crime, a sexual assault. I've been to Vegas many times. Now, when I go to Vegas, 99% of the time, okay, fine, 98% of the time, I'm responsible. The things I do in Vegas and when I go to places, I am really responsible. If I'm going to be irresponsible and do some crazy stuff, it's going to be at home, hometown, so I can get home. I'm not going to be on the road and doing crazy stuff. But when I go to Vegas, the last few times I went, it's, you know, spend the day by the pool, hanging out, catching some rays, and just enjoying the relaxing lifestyle of being poolside, having food being served to you poolside. Sure, there might be some gaming that goes on. I do like to throw dice, play craps, um, but I don't go into economic, you know, um, Debt, I don't overspend is basically what I'm getting to. I might take a 100 bucks and have that as my gambling money for the weekend. And when it's done, I can walk away. Um, Usually when I go, in the past, it's always been around an athletic event, like maybe uh, the UNLV basketball team, the Running Rebels, go see a game. Uh, Maybe some other type of event that's there, and then I do some other stuff around it. Um, The last couple of times I was there was kind of during the COVID lockdowns when they had reopened. And so there are limited things you can do, but walk through different casinos to see the layouts. Uh, Every time I go, I tried to do something new. So one time I did go to Hoover Dam, never been. So I thought, well, I'll drive out for the day and check out Hoover Dam and see how that is. And that was kind of cool. I actually spent more time there than I thought I would because it was interesting, you know, the design of it and everything. And, of course, you had to kind of reenact some of the – Vegas vacation, you know, with Chevy Chase, the scenes from the dam and stuff like that, um, and and just make kind of a fun day of it. Went out to the bridge then, that's along the freeway out there, the interstate or whatever it is, and uh, taking pictures. And so there's always something new that I would try to do every time I go there. One time I just went and drove around Vegas. I've never really been just outside of the strip. What's Las Vegas like? So I went from. I guess it would be the Western Ridge, where I think it's Bishop Gorman, the high school is, that's out there, to the uh, Eastern Ridge, because it's in a valley. The Vegas is in the valley. And kind of drove around the outskirts and into the suburbs of of the Las Vegas area to kind of see what that was like. Um, So there's always something that I'm trying to do that's new. And then, of course, you've got your habitual things that you like to do. Maybe play craps, maybe sit by the pool, maybe go to your favorite restaurant. Uh, Obviously, you got to go to the, the fountains at the Bellagio. You know, that's a must-do. And so there's things like that that we do. Maybe you go to the M&M store. Maybe you um, do one of the rides, like the big Ferris wheel, whatever it is called. Um, Like going on that. That's pretty cool. And so there's some fun things. Cat's Meow on um, Fremont Street. Maybe go down to Fremont Street and walk that. So there's some cool things that I like to do that's regular. And then there's some new things I like to try to do. But again, I'm in control, and ninety nine, ninety eight percent 98% of the time, it's going to be safe and fun. But then you think about a lot of people that go to these places. I mean, you think about greed and lust. You think about excess. I mean, that's a place like Vegas, right? I mean, that's why people go there, not really lazy, uh, but vanity, jealousy. I'm not sure there's a lot of anger and hatred there, although it seems like the city would be based on that. So anyways, as we talk about these things and we look about it, you're talking about people's behavior, and how they go about acting. And so we look at violent crimes, for example. This isn't the list, but violent crimes. You have Memphis, Detroit, St. Louis, Birmingham, and Baltimore. With the, uh, They're all tied, number one, with the most violent crimes per capita. How does that make you feel if you're living in one of those towns? Irvine, California has the fewest. Virginia Beach, Virginia. Glendale, California, where I was born and raised, came in at, uh, out of the 180 cities. 175 fewest violent crimes per capita. So I guess I grew up in a safe area. Um, you think about thefts per capita. You have Salt Lake City, Springfield, Missouri, Birmingham, Alabama. Again, another city that is. I uh, actually went to Birmingham, drove through Birmingham earlier in 2022. I'm I'm sorry, it was uh yeah, it was early 2022, like the spring. I actually thought Birmingham was kind of cool, and then someone told me that it is crime. You know, crime infested, and sure enough, you've got violent crimes, you've got theft. Uh, Not sure I'll be going back. What about Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then St. Louis, Missouri? If you want to live in a place where theft is low, Port St. Lucie, Florida. What about Santa Clarita, California? Have you ever been there? Magic Mountain in the suburbs of Los Angeles? You think about that, and you've got... um, a lot of police. I would hope thefts would be down because a lot of police and law enforcement and first responders live out in Santa Clarita. Um, but, yeah, thefts per capita. You've got, again, Salt Lake City, Springfield, Birmingham. What about excessive drinking? Where might there be excessive drinking? Madison, Wisconsin. College Town. Lincoln, Nebraska. College Town. Denver, Colorado home of Coors Brewing Company. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of Miller. And then San Francisco. And that's Drake's, which is a craft beer, but um, not sure why else they would drink there. But anyways, so again, places where there's excessive drinking. If you don't like to drink, maybe Montgomery, Alabama. Obviously Salt Lake City. That probably has to do with their religious beliefs out there. And then Huntington, West Virginia, on the list for the least amount of excessive drinking cities. A quick side note, Chicago at one point was going to be what Milwaukee is when it comes to the beer capital of the U.S., but what happened, the great fire of Chicago that destroyed Chicago back whenever it was, the 1900s, early 1900s, late 1800s, and so what they did was they moved quickly up to Milwaukee because they needed to keep the beer going, I believe this was, you know, obviously before Prohibition. And then that's how Milwaukee became the beer company or the beer capital because you had Miller High Life and a couple other things there. And, um, but it was because of the Great Fire of Chicago. Otherwise, Chicago might have been the home of Laverne and & Shirley and Schatz Brewery. Think about that. What about adult entertainment per capita? Las Vegas, naturally. What about Portland? Number two on the list. Atlanta, which I guess kind of makes sense. Tampa makes sense. Uh, Those were all tied for first. And then Houston comes in fifth. If you want to go to a place with the least amount of adult uh, entertainment per capita, Long Beach, California, Oakland, Arlington, Henderson, Nevada, a bunch of old people out there, and then St. Paul, Minnesota. So, again, you've got these things going on. You know? And it's even been kind of canonized in our movies. I mean, you think about all the different movies that we see out there and all the different influences that are coming our way, right? I mean you think about the you think about the things like you've got uh anger and hatred, you know, and like, yeah, that's, that's bad, you know, and you've got, uh, the violent crime and pretty much everybody agrees violent crime is bad. And then, you know, jealousy now, you know, yeah, we probably don't want to steal other people's things, but you know, it's probably a little bit less of something as severe as violent crime, like murder. Think of vanity, you know, tanning salons. Like, yeah, nobody probably really thinks of vanity anymore. Right. Or what about, you know, lust, the adult entertainments, you know, you might go back and forth on that depending upon your, um, maybe religious views or your morality, things like that. Um, but what about greed? I mean, is greed something that is bad? I mean, according to these standards is what I'm talking about. You've got, you know, casinos per capita. Sure, a lot of people can go and have gambling um, difficulties, you know, get into uh, an addict or maybe you spend a little bit more than you should. You know, you think about, uh, again, the movie uh, Vegas Vacation, where he spends, what, $22,000, Chevy Chase, you know, Clark Griswold and um, charitable, charitable donations and things like that. But, but then what about when it's canonized in movies? Remember greed and greed actually being good?
1: The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA.
0: Greed is good. Now during the eighties when excess and money and maybe the dot coms of the nineties. And what about more recently you had that, what FTX with the cryptocurrency all of a sudden just collapse for whatever reason that was set up for people investing, losing billions of dollars. Through that exchange and for what purpose? But again, it's, it's the behavior of people. It's the behavior of people and how they act. So when you take a look at this list, now here's the official list of the most sinful cities in America, according to wallethub.com and a search of 180 or a research done on 180 cities across the country based on anger and hatred and excess and vices, greed, lust, jealousy, vanity. Stuff we've talked about, and of course, the number one city overall when you include all these is Las Vegas. That does make sense. But what about coming in at number two? Maybe I should have a drum roll for this. St. Louis, Missouri, coming in at number two. You look across the board, and they were number one in anger and hatred. Why are you so hateful and uh, and angry in St. Louis? Is it because you lost the Cardinals football team and then eventually the Rams? Is it because the Blues haven't won a Stanley Cup? Is it because the Cardinals? Cardinals usually pretty good in baseball, aren't they? Why are you guys so hateful? You got Anheuser-Busch there. You got beer. So why are you guys so angry, hateful in St. Louis, Missouri? They're also number one in excess and vice. Maybe that's why. In fact, Las Vegas only came in the top five in three categories. Greed, lust, and vanity, which would make sense. When it came to anger and hatred, Vegas was 32nd. What about this? Excess and vice. Remember what excess and vice was? Share of obesity, fast food establishments, excessive drinking, smokers, coffee drinkers, people using marijuana, debt-to-income ratio, DUI fatalities. 87th, Las Vegas was 87th on the list, almost, like, almost half. It's like halfway down the list for excess and vice. So Las Vegas, St. Louis, number three, Philadelphia. Number four was Houston, Texas. Atlanta, Georgia, number five, rounding out the top five, and they were number one in lust. What's, why are people so lustful down in Atlanta? I've been through Atlanta. I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. But I don't understand why everyone's so lustful in the Peach State. Los Angeles comes in at uh, number six, and they're number 1 in Vanity. Number 2 in Lust. Makes sense. What about Denver, Colorado coming in in 7th? Chicago, 8th. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, ninth. And then Phoenix, Arizona, 10th. Rounding out the top 10th, New Orleans came in 12th, uh, New York 15th, and so those were your uh, top cities, but again, Las Vegas, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Houston, Atlanta, LA, your top six, do you live in one of those cities, do you feel like you are in one of the most sinful cities in America, and then quickly, before we get to the bulk of what this all means, is uh, anger and hatred, we break it down, St. Louis. Kansas some for some reason, Missouri is a hateful state. you got St. Louis and Kansas City back-to-back. Why are you guys so hateful in Missouri? Is it because your state is boring? And It's the two biggest cities. Well, I guess it's the only cities, really. One on the east, one on the west. Hmm. Detroit is third. Washington, D.C. is fourth. New Orleans is fifth for anger and hatred. You guys need to get some therapy. What about Jealousy Memphis? Why are you jealous in Memphis? Because you got Beale Street. Beale Street's actually really cool. Atlanta is second. Baton Rouge. Why are you jealous in Baton Rouge? Wichita and Fort Lauderdale. Rounding out the top five in uh, Jealousy. Again, what was Jealousy? Jealousy, according to them, was thefts, identity theft, and fraud and other complaints. So I guess maybe... When you're looking at Memphis, Atlanta, Baton Rouge, Wichita, maybe a lot of fraud and theft going on down there. So what about excess and vices? You've got uh, St. Louis. What about Toledo, Ohio? Maybe it's because a bunch of people in Toledo, Ohio are obese, and a lot of fast foods and excessive drinking because there's nothing to do in Toledo. I don't know. I haven't been there, but according to their list here under excesses and vices, that's part of the qualifications for it. So maybe uh, Toledo, Ohio needs to get out. Maybe you're just bitter because WKRP was in Cincinnati and not Toledo. West Virginia, hey, Cincinnati's on the list. So I guess Toledo can't be uh, too upset. And then Knoxville, Tennessee, rounding out the top five there. What about lust? It's a question of lust. Atlanta, again, you guys got some lustful things going on. Maybe it's because it's the adult entertainment Or uh, erotic and burlesque events going on down there. Maybe you got a teen birth rate. But yeah, so Atlanta, lust, number one. L.A., number two. Houston, number three. New York, number four. Las Vegas, number five. Philadelphia, number six. How about Rapid City? I'm not sure of too many uh, adult entertainment establishments in Rapid City or burlesque events going on there. Used to spend on average about a week, week and a half in Rapid City covering baseball um wasn't much going on in that town you got the heads and that's about it the stone heads in stone mount rushmore greed washington dc number one would that surprise you henderson nevada number two north las vegas three las vegas another one so you got a lot going on so what it comes down to again is ethics in society Oh, that's a good question. A world without ethics.
2: Oh, it's hard to imagine. Fights and wars. I think a world of hatred. Cruel. Very sad. Misery. Craziness. Corruption. <laughs> All the above. A selfish world, where everyone thinks about their self. It's sort of like lawless. If people aren't looking out for each other, you're pretty screwed. It
1: could be a little bit like we've got now. In a way. Just worse. Ethics defines how we should behave towards other people. The question of why
2: should we be good? Why should we behave well towards other people? In the absence of that... There'd be, be chaos. Chaos. Anarchy. Color. There would be no colors and be like...
0: Lifeless, right? You know, and then I think we, then we have chaos. Every day we, we have to contend with our human urges. Why shouldn't I kill someone? Why shouldn't I have lots and lots of
2: sexual relations outside marriage? I mean, I have impulses all the time, you know? I think we all do. There is a, a point, an uncomfortable point, that you pass over when you, when you go against your ethics that grates against you and you feel it. It's almost like an unspoken code that guides everyone's behaviour. It's about recognising those and sort of deciding to live in the way that you can be proud of. Ethics are what keeps the glue of society together. <laughs>
1: Ethics should always be in the
0: center, in my opinion, of everything we do. Those are people on the street, just everyday citizens talking about ethics and society. And so what happens when you don't have ethics in society? You start to see where people believe that you have chaos. You have other bad things happening. Why not go do whatever it is I want to do at any time? Why not engage in behavior that I want to be engaging in, regardless of the outcome and who it might affect? And that's what it comes down to. when we take a look at this list of the most sinful cities across America. You're taking a look at people's behaviors, what they're doing, crimes they're committing, a lack of possible morality, in what they do in their day-to-day lives. And it's no wonder that our country then and the people in our country start to act and behave worse and worse because it's spreading. Remember, we talk about inspiring others, motivating others, encouraging others. We, me, would hope that that's for the good to try to raise the standard in our own lives, try to raise the standard in our society, like our neighborhoods and our communities. But when you start to see these cities on the list of the most sinful cities based on things such as anger and hatred, greed, when we take a look at Missouri, it was number one with St. Louis and Kansas City in one of those categories. How can we change that? All stems from the heart. we got to change what's on our heart. We got to change what our thoughts are about, what we're consuming, all the negative. And that's why a couple podcast episodes ago, I was talking about why are we legalizing some of these things? Because it's only leading to negative and harmful things. There's nothing good about the, the list that we just talked about and the criteria by which Wallet Hub came up with their list. I mean, think about it again anger and hatred, jealousy, excess and vice, greed, lust, vanity, laziness. Talked about violent crimes, thefts, obesity. It talked about identity thefts, DUIs, excessive drinking. Those aren't positive things that are going to bring out the good in us, in our communities. And if you think it does, then perhaps you have not been impacted by it. Or perhaps you have blinders on. I mean, you think about the seven deadly sins, right? It's a classification or a grouping within the uh, religious world. I guess maybe the Christian teachings uh, that people have come up with. I don't think they're specifically in the Bible. But you talk about lust, the intense longing. It is usually thought of as intense or unbridled sexual desire. Lust was on the list. Gluttony. A lot of times it's like overindulgence of food is what we think about, but the overindulgence and overconsumption of anything to the point of waste. Maybe you're consuming some of these things to the point of gluttony. Greed is selfish and excessive desire for more of something such as money and is motivated by ambition, usually negative ambition, right? I'm going to do all I can to get the most out of whatever. I want to have the most money. Well, are you lacking ethics and are you doing it unethically like this FTX guy whose cryptocurrency collapsed and probably destroyed a lot of lives? Sloth or laziness, inactivity, disinclination for action. I guess it's laziness, right? Wrath, a strong, vengeful anger or indignation. What about envy, begrudge or painful, resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another group of people? or person, and you have the desire to possess that same advantage. I think people call it white privilege they That's one of the things. What about pride, self-esteem, confidence, and satisfaction in oneself? These were the seven deadly sins that people came up with, again, based on probably the Christian faith. But this mirrors exactly the criteria that Wallet Hub came up with the most sinful cities. And then on top of it, you think about the the Ten Commandments, something that's actually in the Bible, Old Testament, right? A lot of people follow the Old Testament, or at least the Ten Commandments, right? Even if you're not religious, you think about the Ten Commandments. Having no other gods, making no idols, taking God's name in vain. Okay, so maybe you don't follow those three because you're not religious. Maybe you don't remember the Sabbath day, although that's a commandment. Do you honor your father and mother? I mean, that's something that we should do regardless of religious belief, right? What about not murder? Thou shalt not murder, not commit adultery. How many of you are in favor of someone engaged in a sexual relationship with your spouse, for example? What about stealing? Thou shalt not steal. What about lying about your neighbor? What about coveting, wanting what someone else has? Again, so you take a look at Wallet Hub. And their criteria for the most sinful cities. And it's all based on actions and behaviors of the people living in those cities. And then you compare it to things like the seven deadly sins, the Ten Commandments, and what happens? You have people that are living their life without ethics, without morality, without things going on in their lives that make them better. It's all things that are negative. It's all things that are hurtful. It's all things that are going to have a negative impact on other people. If you're a parent with young children and you engage in these things, you're probably going to negatively affect Your children, whether it be economically, not being there for them, being distracted. If you're in a relationship, an adult relationship, and you're engaged in this behavior, any of this, is it something that's going to hurt your significant other, your parents, other family members, friends? You know, I have people telling me that I should eat better and get healthy because uh, I'm not. And so, yeah, that could negatively impact family, friends, people I know. And so it's behavior. It's what it comes down to. It comes down to the behavior that we're engaging in isn't positive. And what can we do to flip that around? How can we make it so that we do better? Well, for starters, you want to be able to build a group of people around you that are going to keep you accountable. Maybe you have a set of standards. You know, like for me, when I go to Las Vegas, I'm only going to do this much, like $100 for gambling maybe. Um, I want to go see these things. And I want to do this new thing over here, and I have kind of like a an agenda, so to speak. So that way I'm not just sitting by with idle hands trying to get in trouble or doing other things. Maybe you commit to not going to some of these places because you can't quite handle it. Maybe it's getting to someone that you can just talk to about these things. You know, if you have a gambling addiction or if you like to gamble, if you like to drink. Maybe if you're out of shape, you get with a buddy, a partner, and go exercise or try to get fit. You know, if you think haughty of yourself, maybe then you should work on that. You gotta take steps. It takes effort to overcome. It's like the waves are coming in, right? All this negative stuff, we're greed, we're hateful, we're vengeful, all this is coming in. It takes fight to get over those negative waves. Change course. It's hard to paddle upstream, as they say, but we got to change course in the lives that we do, and so we've got to take action, and by taking action, that's then when we can make change, change in our own lives. Wouldn't you want that? I mean, you talk about people that are abusive, then their children become abusive. It's like the, the pattern continues, right? The cycle continues. you got to break that cycle, and that's what we got to do with these behaviors. we got to break them. So if you know somebody that maybe struggles in these areas, has a hard time, maybe instead of taking a weekend trip to one of the most sinful cities in America, maybe you decide to go do something else. Try to encourage that. Instead of a night out at happy hour, maybe decide to go do something else. Maybe volunteer someplace. You've got to be creative. You've got to be thoughtful because the person that's involved but the group of people involved might not realize how deep in they are. I mean, You watch people in Las Vegas gamble away money. I've seen stacks of chips dwindle down to nothing. Maybe they can afford to lose it. But then you see kind of some of the smaller stacks disappear. And you see the expressions on their face. And it's like, oh, boy, that's going to be rough to explain to somebody. Or people at the bar drinking. And so you go in and have a drink. And you're okay with that. But then down at the end, in the dark corner, you see somebody not okay with it because it's a struggle. Maybe somebody that's always hateful, angry. Why is that? Maybe we need to step up and ask why. I see a lot of things on social media now. You know, you're talking about, hey, maybe you need to check on people because just because they're happy on the outside. Maybe they're not doing well on the inside. Was it Twitch? Is that the guy that... uh, um, Ellen's DJ that took his own life. And so a lot of people are starting to talk about maybe we should check up on our friends, make sure they're okay. Especially now at this time, the holiday season, maybe they look happy on the outside. But maybe we should do that all the time. we talked about it. Making these things that we do at these specific times of years, make them all year round. Maybe we should be checking up on our friends all year round. Maybe we should be helping them all year round. Try to get out of this lifestyle of whatever it is that is leading to these angry and hateful actions, these jealous actions, these excessive, viceful actions, greed, lust, vanity, laziness, maybe we should be there to help them. Because if not, we're going to continue to see the list. And not only of sinful cities, but the people become more, quote-unquote, sinful, as WalletHub puts it. Because it all comes down to action and behaviors, that the people, we the people are doing, and it's not very good. The other thing I wanted to touch on, it's that time of year too, but uh, people usually go out a lot more than normal, celebrating. Tipping. Why has tipping become such a a big deal, especially in this day and age? It seems like it's everywhere. I mean, you think about it. You go to, uh, let's say you order something, maybe from DoorDash or Grubhub or something, and you got a tip. Then you go to a ball game concession stand. One time I went to a ball game and I just wanted water from the cool you know from the refrigerator, and there was an option for tipping. You literally walked three steps to the cooler, brought out a water, did my transaction, and you want me to give you a tip for like fifty three cents for that? Or two dollars because it was eighteen dollars for water? You go into the coffee shops, they get your name wrong, but they want you to uh, tip them. Restaurants, bars, airports, sky cab. Car washes, tip jars are everywhere. I go through a drive through uh, car wash where they like hose you down and then you go through the, the machines with the brushes and stuff. There's a tip jar out there. If you want a tip jar to car wash, you probably should not put it right before they start soaking you down. Just saying. Not advised to have the make sure all windows and doors are closed and then tip jar. Maybe it should be the other way around. Put your tip jar out first and then have everybody close their windows. Just saying. And then you have other things out there. I mean, and you think about it, okay, take delivery. You know, we all relied on delivery during the pandemic, right? At least I did. And then you have the cost of the food. Then you have a delivery fee. Then you have the tip on top of that. But then you look at some other things. Maybe like you buy tickets online. You have a processing fee. You have a shipping fee, shipping and handling fee. We learned that about late-night television when there were, Selling things like the Flowbee, the vacuum that could cut your hair, the Ginsu knife, shipping and handling. And then you have like delivery fees, usage fees, convenience fees, ATM fees, COVID fees. There was a time when I'd go out to restaurants uh, in Los Angeles, especially, and there'd be a COVID fee. Just a fee that you could charge to try to make up for money that you lost during COVID. Overdraft fees at the bank. Fees are everywhere. Next thing you know, it costs more in fees and tips than it does the actual thing that you purchased. It's pretty crazy out there, but has it gone too far? Is tipping crazy. Do you tip? How much do you tip? What is the etiquette when it comes to tipping? Do you like to tip? Do you over tip? What about Steve Martin in my blue heaven?
1: It'll be $12. Okay,
0: and uh, keep the change, please.
1: Oh, we're not allowed to accept tips.
0: Ah, not allowed to accept tips. So your
1: change is eight. Thank you. Thank you. Can I get you something, ma'am? I'd find thanks.
2: Would you like something
1: to drink? No. You sure? Yeah. Bye. You tip a flight attendant? I tip everybody. That's my philosophy. See, actually, it's not tipping I believe in, it's over tipping. See, I think this is the kind of thing people would like to know. Give me that pin again.
0: So earlier in the movie, he tries to tip the FBI agent, and the FBI agent's like, I can't take any uh, tips. We're not allowed to take tips. So then he's on an airline, and he wants to drink from the flight attendant, and she doesn't take tips, so it's all about tipping. Anyways, and so it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek. But do you overtip? Do you under-tip? Do you tip according to what the bill is? Remember when it was 10%? Now it seems to have gone up. Because what is the right amount of tip? Which leads to the question, who should we tip and how much?
2: Dinner, Cheers. getting gas, or at the salon. It's that age-old question. Who to tip and how much? if you're like me tipping can get confusing but there are general do and don't rules like when you order out make sure to tip 10 percent for delivery but if you're at a restaurant always tip the server between 15 and 20 percent on the pre-tax amount a coat room attendant should get one dollar per coat if there's a restroom attendant even if you don't need or want their help you should probably tip 50 cents to three dollars a valet should receive between two and five dollars but if you take a taxi home, 15% is typically the maximum amount. At a hotel, leave between two and five dollars per day with a note. Going out for drinks with friends? Make sure you bring 15 to 20% in cash for your bartender. The doorman, make sure to tip $1 dollar to $4 for carrying any luggage, plus one to two if they heal a cap for you. For all salons and barber shops, 15 to 20% of the bill is the norm. Finally, you don't always have to tip, like when you're getting gas, picking up a coffee, or after furniture deliveries, or when you're using a handyman or plumber. Happy tipping!
0: Yeah, that flushing you hear is your money going down the toilet. 10% for delivery. So now I've done DoorDash, I've done Uber, I've partly done it because I had nothing to do, teaching college, um... Sometimes I would try to, well, every year I try to work or teach a class during summer, keep me busy. Well, there's a couple times I couldn't. So I'm like, what am I going to do with my time? I'm just going to sit around the house. Um, so I want to do something. And so I would DoorDash or I'd like drive for Uber, Lyft and, you know, just check it out, see what it was like. And it sucked. Don't do it. But anyways, so delivery, yeah, it does get depressing when you pick up an order And you're looking at the orders that come across the app for delivery, and you're like, Taco Bell, really? This person is not going to tip me. Why am I even going to take that? Or you prioritize people that you know are going to tip, especially if they put the tip in. Now, the one cool thing that used to be out there, but I don't know if it still is, maybe it is, it was this thing called Shipped, where you'd go and actually go grocery shopping for people, and that was cool during COVID because people did not want to get out. And so you do their shopping for them, and then you just drop it off at the door, and I would get tips pretty good for that. But again, I did that not out of necessity, but out of boredom. So I understand the delivery thing. 10% seems a little bit low if you're going to tip. Because also, well, I guess it depends on your philosophy on tipping, if you like to overtip or not, like Steve Martin's character did. But um, because on some of those things, you already have a delivery fee, you have a gas fee. You know, stuff like that. So it gets crazy, like I said. Sometimes the, t- the fees, the tipping, the taxes can outweigh exactly what you purchase. Might as well get in your car and go get it yourself. Restaurants, 15 to 20%. Now, again, I thought tipping always was about a gratuity for a thank you for the service that you provide. If you provide sucky service, I will not hesitate to walk away and leave you with nothing. People don't like that. People hate that. They say I should tip anyways, but you know what? You know what you can do. If you want to provide a good service... And it's not even a good service, just service. If I am going to a place, it doesn't matter, any place. uh, Restaurants just happen to be the place where it's traditional, customary to leave a tip. But you want to be able to provide a good service. If you provide sucky service, you should be rewarded with a sucky tip. I don't know. The bathroom guy. Have you ever been to the bathroom? At a restaurant someplace, and there's a guy there, and he's, like, going to hand you a towel that you can literally pull down out of the um, dispenser itself. Or maybe they have the hand dryers that you put your hand under and dries your hands. Hopefully you wash your hands after using the bathroom. Well, then they have these bathroom guys, these attendants, that will hand you the paper towel. And now in that clip that you heard, they talk about regardless if you want it, regardless if you use it, you should tip anyways. not going to tip a dude for handing me a paper towel. Sorry, not going to happen. 50 cents to three bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, not going to happen. Although, side note, if you go to a place and they have amenities in the bathroom, uh, like lifesavers, gum, um, I think they have cologne and some of those things. Okay, if you use those things or you take one, then yes, I believe you should absolutely leave something because the, the, the attendant, the bathroom attendant, has to purchase those things himself and bring them in. So that is, at least that's what I've been told by a couple of them, because I asked them, I said, hey, what is this stuff here? Did they provide you with it? They're like, no, they have to bring it in. So if you're going to grab a stick of gum, yeah, leave them something. If you're going to spray the cologne on, yeah, leave them something. If you're going to use the, I don't know if they still have combs and stuff, I don't mean, know, maybe things changed after COVID, because I haven't seen one in a while now. Maybe I just don't go to the fancy enough places. But, yeah, if you're going to partake in something like that and use something that he has on display or maybe the ladies she has on display, then, yeah, leave something. I would do that. But if he's just going to hand me something, no, nah, that's that's odd. Uh, I don't valet. Taxis. Can't remember taking a taxi. Hotel. How many of you leave a tip at a hotel? When I enter the room at a hotel, the first thing I do is put up the do not disturb sign. And then when my stay is over, the last thing I do is take off the Do Not Disturb time. If I need towels, they'll be like, hey, can I come down and get some towels or can you bring me some towels? You usually have to go get the towels because by the time they bring the towels, my stay is over. I don't have to go to the barber anymore, so I don't worry about that. But here's the other thing. They talk about no handyman. You don't have to tip the plumber. You don't have to tip, you know, gas. Here it says don't tip coffee, but I know Starbucks, for example. I don't drink Starbucks, but they have that tip jar thing out there like a lot of places. Um, but again, if I have furniture people and let's say they deliver some furniture and they're going to take a couch or maybe a bed or something upstairs or maybe downstairs in their basement, wouldn't that be tip worthy over somebody making you coffee or over somebody bringing you a delivery, like a pizza, not to mean pizza delivery guys, because they've been around forever, but isn't that more of a service that deserves tipping? Isn't a plumber fixing Your plumbing a little bit more deserving of tipping than something else or handyman coming out and fixing something. Now, I know we don't customarily do that, but it seems like those type of things are worthy of tipping where somebody bringing you food that someone else is cooking, you literally like write it down on a piece of paper the order, you hand it to the dude in the back who's going to make it, and then you bring it out, and then hopefully they come and check on you, hey, how's everything? Great. Can I get you anything else? No? Okay, here's your check. And we're supposed to give them like five bucks? Just a thought. What about the pressures to tipping? Do you feel pressured into tipping when you see the tip jar there? Or now all the automatic uh, tip things that come up when you have the iPad or those iPad-esque you know, um, pay tablets, when you swipe through and it comes up? Or they hover over you looking to see if you're going to put that tip down? In fact, when I went and got that water at the ball game and literally she took three steps to the cooler, gave me the water, came back. I slid my, I slid my card and it said something about a tip and I'm like, oh geez, know what I do here? Because she's like hovering over me. Well, it never went through. Something happened with the transaction. So he, she had to decline it and she did it herself and she herself chose no tip. And I was like, dodged a bullet. But have we gotten too far when it comes to tipping. What about teachers? They say we shouldn't tip teachers. Why? I'm all for tipping teachers. I mean, it can't be that bad of a thing, can it?
1: Excuse me, Ms. Halsey. Hi, I'm Morgan's dad. Morgan. Great kid. So precocious. I just wish Morgan's grades would reflect it. If I know Morgan, and I think
2: I do, uh, Morgan will get there.
1: Listen, I'm sure you have a full plate, along with a rocking hot body, but uh, if you could just keep an eye on Morgan, my wife and I would really appreciate it. For supplies and... whatever. For supplies? You're Chase's parents. Hi! You know, a student like Chase would benefit so much from some extra attention. So you think we should hire a tutor? You know, I'd be happy to do it myself, but it's just so hard with a class of 20 or 25 or 30 or whatever.
2: To be a teacher? God, it is so hard on my salary. To have to pay for my own supplies and my fiance, he cheated on me with his sister. As her personal tutor, I guarantee personally that she will get an A or
1: your money back. Well, (laughs) say no more.
0: Make it out to
1: cash. As I walk through the valley of the...
0: So why not tip teachers for supplies or whatever? But no, why is it? Why is it we pick and choose who we tip and who we don't tip? Why is it some places like restaurants we tip, but moving furniture to the second story? I remember one time I was moving my friends. Um, they had moved to Denver to an apartment and they had a king size bed. And the stairwell did not fit the king-size bed. That was a bear. We finally somehow got it up. I don't even know how. But we got it up. I'm not saying they tipped me, but I'm like, that was laborsome. Right? That was laborious. That took some effort, some blood, sweat, and tears. But yet, someone making a half mocha, half latte, caramel twist, cappuccino deserves a, uh, a tip. What I like to do is on the occasion, I go out maybe to a bar or someplace like that, someplace get a drink. Last time, okay, last time I went, went to a place, and I got some, it was Taco Tuesday, so I got some tacos, got a beer, and then um, they were trying some different things out, and so they um, were here, try this, try that. So you had some tasting going on, like some beer tasting, and then some stuff we would buy. Oh, that's good. I'll take one. Well, when we got to the bill, I'm looking over the bill, right? And it says I had my tacos and then it had like a burger and then it had two beers on the receipt. Now, I'm savvy enough not to question it because there's a reason it's put that way. And so it was, and it was a nominal charge, you know, whatever it was like, I forget what it was, maybe 12 bucks, whatever. So I gave the, the bartender a big tip. I probably like gave him a 150% tip because I like tipping bartenders because they do you favors if you don't figure it out. If you haven't figured it out, they do you favors. And so um, and so what they did was they – now, my thinking was he probably put it on there so that if they came back, if anybody came back for whatever reason and checked the receipts, there's not excessive drinking. Now, I wasn't excessive drinking. I admit there's times that I have excessive drinks. I'm not denying that. But this particular time I didn't. But, you know, I probably maybe had, in the end, three or four by the time the night was over. And this was, like, from 6 – at like five thirty six in the evening you know, over the course of six hours, right, watching games and stuff, and so again it was I thought fine, but I'm again, or there's times where I've been to places where they know you, and so they give you like a huge discount on the beverages, and so I'll pay in kind and give them the tip that normally I would have to pay to the establishment for the full price of whatever I'm consuming, so that I don't mind, so if you see that. I would suggest tapping big to your bartender. Cash, well, nobody cares cash, so that's something different. But yeah, I've done that a couple times where I've noticed the bill at a place that I'm at and it's not what I've consumed, food, drink, whatever. And so then I'll make up the difference and be like, "Here." And now they're making the money, the actual person and not the establishment. So I'll let you argue and debate that. But is tipping has it gone too far? Is it out of control? Do we need to change it? I'll let you decide. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son them. Check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can uh, click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo on the website, and all of our videos from the shows pop up. They link to our Rumble site, but you can actually see the videos. There's also an orange banner across the top that uh, takes you to our SoundCloud account, which is all the Audio. Audio only, which you can download and take with you. You can listen to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can check out our Instagram page at uh, TWO Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and there's a link tree link in the bio that will take you to our swag shop where you get some cool merchandise. You can also uh, listen on Pandora, Spotify. Um, it takes you to our Rumble account, or SoundCloud account, things like that. So it's a good place to uh, to have and know. So again what's your behavior like? What's it representing? Is it representing something with morals and ethics or is it something that represents the people that are living in the most sinful cities in LA? That's up to you. And also how much do you tip? Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and until next time, God bless.